Welcome, welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday morning. Let's welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dambina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you, the first program of the week. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, thanks. How are you? Of course, it is the first program of the week with that uh, public holiday yesterday. I guess there's been a lot going on around town. Did you... Uh, did you catch up with any of the festivities at all? Well, yes, we saw the fireworks. Um, not oh. uh, yet. Well, I mean, not not in person. We, we watched it um on the telly, and wow, yeah. that was. I mean, that that's always exciting when you've got young kids. Sort of, they're like, whoa. Yeah. Even though if it's yeah. through the screen, uh, it's always a yeah. Was it? I mean, I haven't been to a firework display in Hong Kong for some years. Didn't go this time, but um, but yeah, the wars and the woes of the. Yeah. Of the crowd was that, was that was that all happening in your living room? Yeah, it was, but also also through the telly, just hearing the crowd, you know, oh, um, yeah. with a wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I've I've actually been to the harbour to watch any firework display. It's always you know ever. in a build, yeah, ever. I think it's always ah. just in a building or in somebody's balcony oh, or just yeah. glimpses yeah. of it through right. buildings or something. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I've told you this before, but that reminds me of one of the most dismal firework displays I ever saw was for the uh, for the handover in 1997 and I was, uh, I, ah, I was it was uh, raining wasn't it yeah it was raining and I was invited um, to to go and join a few people at uh, at a hotel in Chim Sa Choi very close to the harbour there and um, and it was all kind of keyed up to be a pretty amazing thing but not only did the rain destroy it, but so did the person standing in front of me, who was a very grumpy, um, well-known <laughs> pop star who was over DJ, who really looked like he didn't want to be there. Oh. And, uh, and uh, very famous, very famous. Uh, my, my Mrs. D was, was, was like, wow. She was wiring at who was standing in front of us rather than fireworks. <laughs> rather than fireworks. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and as I, I, well, we're talking about fireworks because it, it's something somewhat related. We're talking about art today, you know, a display, yeah. installations yeah. and whatnot. What have you got for our listeners this morning? Well, um, I, after your welcome to me to be on the show, I should welcome you and the listeners to the month that is known by those in arty circles nowadays as Inktober. Inktober. Slightly annoying name, but, it, but, it, but it's... Um, <laughs> I've never it heard it, of that before. Okay, well, it's, uh, it, it's ink, using the medium of ink for drawing, or, or you can use a brush with ink as well, but mostly um, it's... Um, I mean, the old-fashioned ink pens with nibs uh, that were used for drawing purposes like Rembrandt and uh, uh, and even Leonardo da Vinci and all of those artists who did use uh, paint as well but they used ink which was dipped uh, with a nib a pen and nib into a bottle of ink or, in, or into an inkwell and they would then do um, you know some outlines and cross hatching which is like the shading um, for, for ink drawings this was in the west in the east, um, things were much more brushy. I mean, as we know, if we've seen ever any Chinese or Japanese, Korean or, or this part of the world um, ink artworks, they are often quite brushy, uh, very rarely using a nib or a pen. But Inktober, though, was the brainchild of, uh, of someone who was an illustrator in America. And this person was working for... Um, now, his, his surname is Parker, Jake Parker. 
He is currently a New York Times best-selling illustrator and a, free, a freelance illustrator and cartoonist as well for a lot of big-name clients that include, but are not limited to, Google, Marvel, Disney Animation, Warner Brothers, etc., etc. And he, he grew up being obsessed with comic books and cartoons, and uh, he pursued a career in this animation industry, both... Um, both for comics and the moving type of animations that, that went into film and went into kind of digital film production as well. But he wanted to stay in touch with the thing that he grew up with and that he practiced as a kid and teenager, um, which was um, using ink, not just the digital stuff that he might use more frequently today for his moving animations. So he started to give himself motivation one year in the month of October and he... And he um, it was 2009, and he, and he sort of started blogging about it and social media, which was in its earlier days, but it was just sort of bubbling up. He put it out there, and people, friends of friends, saw it, and it became a thing. So people who like to uh, dabble in practicing arts, only for fun, not doesn't mean that people are, who are professional artists only, but some of those too, joined in. And Inktober was born then, in, in October 2009, and every month, anyone who's in any kind of arty circles, as I am, will see on their social media that people are um, motivating each other to do ink drawings or paintings to really just to do a quick sketch every day. And I've sent over, and I've seen you've posted them on, uh, on your Noreen Mirror and RTHK Radio 3 Facebook page, some different types of ink arts. And the first ones that I sent you were very linear, so line-type drawings. There's one of a house and a lighthouse, and there's another one of a, an astronaut and, uh, confronting an alien, both with ray guns. Um, it's not very violent. The way I've described it may sound as if it is, but it's very kind of almost cute animation. And these are by Jake Parker, the man who started Inktober. So that's what those ones were about. And I wanted to also mention that probably by no coincidence in the art world this month, um, there are lots of ink exhibitions around the world. But I want to focus on two that are happening in Hong Kong. And the, uh, so let's start with one. They're both, they're both happening this week, by the way. We'll start with um, one that is linked to an art fair, which is called Fine Art Asia, and it's on at the Hong Kong Convention and Exhibition Centre, and it opens on Thursday, October the 7th. Um, but at the same time, there is something called Ink Asia, which was born a few years later. So um, Fine Art Asia is one of these large art fairs where there are different galleries from different places. Because it's focusing on fine art in Asia, it's uh, mostly galleries that, or, or uh, some antique sellers as well that are based in Hong Kong, Greater China, and the rest of Asia. So we've got exhibitors from um, Southeast Asia, from uh, South Asia, that's, that's uh, India, um, Nepal, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. There are lots of different types of artworks going on from Thursday, October the 7th. Part of, though, so back to the ink, part of... Um, Fine Art Asia is that Ink Asia explores different types of um, artworks and styles that are done throughout Asia. And this is really interesting 
because there's a very, very long history of this in the ones that I mentioned just a little earlier. That's China, including Hong Kong, um, Malaysia, Singapore, um, Thailand to a certain extent, Indonesia. Um, and then there are some others that have uh, in Asia that where, where there's a little bit of ink use, but there's not that very long tradition. So in, um, in Vietnam and, uh, and South Asia, there's, uh, there's a little less tradition of that. So have you, if you think about ink artworks, what do you think of, Noreen? I think about those sort of Chinese ink uh, mountain pictures. That's yeah, exactly. Um, like like the, the ones that we grew up with. Uh, yeah, well, not I didn't grow up with them, but, you know, you'd see them around town or you'd see them in restaurants or you'd see them in uh, people's homes or, or something, those kind of uh, ink drawing. But I, I must admit, uh, throughout the years, I've learned to appreciate a different type of ink drawing. So a friend of mine, um, Mark, and he's been on the program before, Mark Alante, he's, a, he's an artist. Um, he does yeah. sort of drip ink. And that's kind of an interesting art form as as well. And he draws like you might recognize some of his pictures. Like he might draw a lion or like um, some animals, um, and the the drip ink format. When you say drip ink, do you mean that it starts with a drip? Is it um, is it a uh, an artwork that is made from a randomly done drip, or is the drip done deliberately? Oh, the the drip is done deliberately. So it actually, okay. in the end, uh, uh, actually, um, it's a shape of a lion's face, for example, but all the lines are sort of dripping. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And that's, um, yeah, that's, that's a style, isn't it? Yeah. And um, some, some painters do that as well. Um, what about you? What, when you think of ink drawings, uh, ink, yeah, what, what, I mean, what do you think of? Do you think of drawings or, or paintings? Well, I think of um, I think of drawings when I think of the European tradition. Ah. Uh, like, like I was saying, Rembrandt and Leonardo, they would treat the ink and nib as a um, uh, as a pencil or piece of charcoal. So they would they would translate the way that you would draw with outline or with um, hatching uh, in the same way that uh, that you might do with a yeah with a with a pencil or charcoal or pastel. So it's just another linear form that you can make into something um, that looks three-dimensional if you want to. Matisse, um, Henry Matisse from uh, the early 20th century, did some ink drawings that were the pure form of line, really flowing. Most famously, he would do sketches of um, life drawing, that's nude models, uh, following the form with no practice pencil underneath, just a, 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 it's not um, to, to show off his, uh, his expertise, but in fact that is what it did by the result of the way these amazingly minimalist lines could conjure the, uh, the form very, very well. So, um, so those are the things that I think of from the West, but also from the East, I would say the same as I think of from, uh, from you know, that, that you've mentioned yourself. Those are the classic Eastern images, both in Japanese and Chinese, um, to a certain extent, Korean as well. When I think of ink, I also think of calligraphy. And, um, uh, and there, in Ink Asia, there will undoubtedly be some calligraphy um, in different uh, languages throughout Asia, as it's representing Asia. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's something that is massive. I always feel uh, particularly bad about not being able to read Chinese when I go to 
um, you know, Hong Kong gallery or, or um, you know, something by um, a, a Chinese ink artist and calligrapher. I've sometimes interviewed some artists um, from around the region but, but who are ethnically Chinese, um, even if they're not um, based in Hong Kong, such as Singapore um, and other parts of Southeast Asia. And, um, and, and they, they'll, they'll, some of their training will have been in calligraphy as much as it mm. will have been with, um, with pictorial, you know, artworks. So, uh, um, yeah. You, is, your, is, your, is your Chinese good enough to, uh, to, to, to be able to read a lot of calligraphy, Nori? Uh, some. I wouldn't say all, just some. Half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, look, at, in, at Incasia, I want to go in to talk just about in some case. of the other... Sorry. Just trying um, to crack a an ink pun joke. What, what did you say? Just in case. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I thought I thought, I thought I'd heard that wrong for a moment. Yeah, <laughs> that is a pun. <laughs> yeah. All right. right. Sorry, okay. I won't okay. interrupt you. Right. Get on with right. it. Right. right. Well. Um, all right. So um, there'll be different types. What what they want to do with um, Ink Asia is to is to show things from around the region. But every year um, they have a tribute series, and this is to an artist. Um, sometimes still still living, sometimes not. This year it is someone who's still living, and he's in his 80s, and he's, and he's from Hong Kong. His name is Chu Hinghua, and he is um, uh, into doing stories about Hong Kong through the medium of ink and pigment. So ink is the stuff that is in liquid form. Sometimes, actually, it's a block of ink, which you add water to. You might have seen some of those old uh, blocks of ink, Sometimes in sometimes in scholar halls or so on, and 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 then you can um, you can dilute that with water and you add it to a little ink tray and people will take from that ink tray with a brush and do and make their their paintings. But the pigment that Chu Hinghua is mixing with ink is um, it's opaque, so you can't see through it. So I've actually included some of his paintings in the ones that I sent to you, Noreen, and they are the ones that have, um, let's see, there's one with a boat and some, a lot of very white clouds in, in the sky, and there's someone with uh, a wooden boat and a pump stick who is taking um, two figures along um, what looks like a lake, or it could be the sea. I think it's a lake, though. And there are a couple of houses in the background. Can you see that painting, Nori? Let me just load. Sorry, my the internet oh, connection okay. here is a bit sort of. No problem. Let me go no into problem. the. Yeah, oh. actually, I'll go into the WhatsApp instead. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. Well, while while you're searching there, I'll just mention that um, the white clouds and the light pink terracotta color and the yellow ochre. Of, uh, of, a, of buildings in the background on an island that's floating in a lake on the, uh, bit, uh, as a backdrop against this boat that's being pushed along by, uh, by, by one person who maybe uh, a couple have hired to take them on a peaceful boat journey, like a date, looks mm-hmm. like, um, that they're on. Um, everything that stands out is very bright in colour um, and thick in, um, thick in its opacity. In other words, it's not transparent. That is using pigment, Chinese pigment, which will be ground down from different rocks and other natural, usually traditionally from natural uh, minerals, 
these days it can be from chemical ones, and that is mixed into a painting with ink being used, which is much more transparent, like watercolour. So I'm not sure if you can see yep, that one. Yep, can see noise. that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's um, that's a classic sort of uh, style for Chu Hing Wa. It's about people doing things. Um, a, a rather un PC uh, name for this painting. Don't worry, it won't be too bad. So I will still say it. Fatty and his girl. Um, <laughs> that's the name. That's the name of the painting. And I guess Fatty is the uh, is the boy or the man in the blue T-shirt sitting down. With um, on a date with with his girlfriend, and it was it was done um, in ink and pigment, as I mentioned, in 2017 uh, by the now 80 year old um, Chu Hing Wa. Hence the not very PC title. Different times, Noreen. He was brought up with. So um, <laughs> it's um, uh, another painting uh, by by him yeah. um, is the uh, amusing. The penguin, the penguin party. ones, yeah. yeah. And the, yeah. With, with the, I think he's an elderly gentleman. Well, yeah, I, I assume he's an elderly gentleman. He's got like a walking stick yeah. as well, and yeah. and he's kind of like Mother Duck, you know. <laughs> he's got four little <laughs> penguins following him. Following him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty funny, isn't it? And fairly random because it's <laughs> Very set in <laughs> Hong Kong. Yeah, it's set in Hong Kong. So you've got here. Uh, a, a, a classic use of uh, an artistic imagination because you've got tower blocks in the background and then some old, very older and rarer uh, low-rise and terracotta tiled buildings that you can see very occasionally around different parts of Hong Kong, mostly in New Territories and Outer Islands um, uh, these days. Um, and um, an, an old man walking around. Is he imagining four penguins following him or <laughs> are they just visitors to Hong Kong? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what happened in that in, the, in that picture? So the organisers wanted to um, to show works by this artist because he has his own distinct style. Some people call it um, uh, folk art style. Uh, other people call it naive because it's a little bit, not to put it down in any way, but childlike, deliberately so. It um, it makes things quite simple. It doesn't mean that a child could have done it, which is a typical thing that that people sometimes say about art. It means that it is done to keep things nice and simple and to not overcomplicate with um, being bogged down with realism. But he gets different scenes in his paintings of, uh, that, that do mix up uh, Hong Kong urban cityscapes with some uh, surprising elements there. Um, so that's something to look out for in Ink Asia. Um, and I'll give you quickly the details. So it's on from Thursday until... Saturday, the 7th of October, at the Hong Kong Convention and Art Centre, and you can go to inkasia.com.hk to find out more. Um, and that will take you also to the Fine Art Asia website if you want to see that, which is broader than just ink. Excelente. But, um, uh, yeah, next up, another Inktober-related event that's happening locally from later this week too, uh, from Wednesday this time, that's tomorrow, October the 6th, and it is called Abstract Ink in New Modes. And I've sent lots of other pictures. All of the other ones are from this exhibition, Noreen. So it's abstract. And we talked about this in the recent steer, uh, series that we did. Um, abstract being something that puts more value onto artistic style, the concept, the artist's um, emotion, uh, individuality, other qualities that don't put us on being a photo-like um, image of the physical world. So that's, that, that was something we discussed uh, a few weeks ago in that series on different art styles. Um, so 
um, the, the, the organisers of this exhibition uh, wanted to show that there was an influence in ink art through abstract art um, that, that started mostly in the West in the 1960s. And from the 21st century, new ink art in Hong Kong has become even more and more apparent and vibrant, replacing some of those traditional images that we were talking about before, the, um, the, the mountains and the rivers and the big, the sort of, uh, you know, the big clouds. There are some of those in there as well, um, but they, they're abstracted. And if you look at some of the images, um, you'll see that um, they are abstracted by quite a lot. Like there's one which looks like white, uh, almost based on calligraphy characters, Chinese characters, but not quite. I don't know if it's possible to, um, to, to read any of these characters because I can't read them myself. Um, but it's by Chan Xing Kao, who's just one of many artists who are taking part. Listeners, you can have a look at Noreen's um, uh, pictures on her Facebook page, Noreen Mirror on RTHK Radio 3. There's even an, an immersive ink painting, which is one of the wow images that I sent over to Noreen, where there's a silhouette of someone looking at some digital ink art because there are now programs that can... Um, that can emulate the effects of art. Lastly, I just want to encourage people to, to pick up a ballpoint pen, a fine liner or a marker and try to do some doodling in ink this month uh, <laughs> because the, 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 final, the final sketch that I sent you was one that I did myself in 20 minutes on Sunday of one of my dogs, Whoa. which was just done very quickly with a fine liner pen. Have fun and let your children have fun with ink in this October. Thank you so much, Andrew Dambino. What a great report, and I look forward to more chats with you next week. Thank you very much indeed, and keep Thanks, drawing. Bye.